0: This podcast is brought to you by Eventide, makers of the legendary harmonizer for over 45 years, Eventide's studio processors, stomp boxes, and plugins have been heard on countless hit records. Just listen. Hey, it's Larry Crane. Welcome to the Tape Op Podcast. As a member of the White Stripes, the Raconteurs, and the Dead Weather, Jack White has certainly proved himself as a songwriter, singer, performer, and musician, but it's an even more impressive list when you add up Jack's production work with his bands, as well as producing artists like Loretta Lynn, Wanda Jackson, and even his pal, Conan O'Brien. Jack also oversees the label he founded, Third Man Records, where his productions are released and where occasional live concerts are captured on analog tape in the back room. But the real action takes place on 8-track 2-inch tape in his self-designed private studio in Nashville, where he's been busy at work on projects including Wanda Jackson's excellent The Party Ain't Over. I was able to catch Jack at his office at 3rd Man for an increasingly rare interview with a very busy and interesting man. Thanks so much for doing this too, man. we are here for really. Yeah, no doubt. I really appreciate it. So, um I just wanna kinda of talk about, you know, making records. Yeah. You know, production, ideas, you know, your thoughts on it. Um, obviously you're a proponent of tape. Yeah, yeah. What what kind of led you to that in the first place? I know your first stripe single was like done on an ADATS or something, I think.
1: Yeah, um the first uh, the first the very first stripe single was on um, Eight, 8 track quarter inch 8 track uh, Otari then uh, the only uh, recorder i had uh, was a quarter track a uh, quarter inch reel to reel to do other recording but it was on the it was on the fritz for the next couple of singles so i had yeah. to borrow my friend's eight, uh a 8 track 8 dad yeah which is <laughs> a horrible format um <laughs> 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 I mean, I knew it was a horrible format when I took one of those tapes over to Brendan Benson's studio. And I said, "Can I put pop this in? I want to listen to it." Just, no, 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 no! Don't put it in my machine. You might corrupt my machine. I'm like, the hell's that mean? So, I'm like, skip this thing. So, uh, I, I, I then got uh, in about 1999 or so. I got after we recorded our first album. I, I got a, uh, a half-inch eight-track. Like an Atari or mm, yeah. Cascam. Yeah. yeah. Everything we've ever released was on tape, except for a couple of forty-fives was on the A-Dat in the yeah. in the early days. Yeah. But um, we always, as a matter of fact, most of the things I've recorded have been on eight-track, uh, whether it's half-inch eight-track or one-inch eight-track, or now two-inch <laughs> eight-track. So uh, I like the the constriction of eight-track because it. I like knowing in the back of my head that you. Know, Albums like Revolver were recorded on four tracks. So I mean, if if we can't do it on eight, twice as many tracks as that, then you know what are we doing here? Um, I've always been that way. Any way I look at any kind of creativity, photography, or or, uh, films, or anything like that. I mean, I've always thought that sure you can spend two hundred million dollars on a on a movie and make it look interesting, but can you do it for two hundred bucks? Know, right. or, you know, uh, and sure, you can make something look incredible in Photoshop, but can you take a photo that looks like that for real and just yeah. use a film camera or a pinhole camera for that matter? That's where I get impressed by other people's work. That's why you know, we, we work with people like Michel Gondry, who, you know, he makes everything for real. You know, he didn't do computerized Lego bricks with us. He really made Lego. You know, he, he used real Legos. Right. And that's also where I feel comfortable creating when there's a limitation. When there's a when there's a time constraint, when there's a money constraint, and when there's a uh, track constraint or, yeah. or, or a tools constraint, anytime I've ever had to like mix something in Pro Tools or on a computer, where there's unlimited opportunity to do whatever yeah. you want with it, I I just don't like it. It feels really it feels really uncomfortable to me. It feels really. Uh, it's just scary and I, and I see other people doing it and, I, and I'll, I'll watch other people working on it and yeah. I don't like what I see them doing. I don't like the plug instead of real yeah. mechanical uh, tools and it's, it's so abused, you know? There's one thing that's great True. about working on tape and working with limitations and working with real mechanical tools is, is that you don't change things as easily. When you're on, a, on, a, on an actual tape or recording on a reel... You don't, uh, well, that that you missed a beat there. Well, yeah, but that's gonna be pretty hard to fix, so maybe we should just leave it. And Pro Tools, forget it. You fix that, and then after you fix that, you'll fix three other things that you didn't know were wrong either. And pretty soon, I mean, if if you clacked up how many things are changed on a song. There's no, lo- there's no soul left in it after that. I mean, it, not, I'm not I saying agree. I can't be done. You can record on Pro Tools oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you can do it right and, and make something interesting happen. I know some people who record on it and don't use plugins. They only use external gear, mm-hmm. outboard gear, uh, and just use it as tracks. And they're conservative of how many tracks they use. You know? But how easy it is for most people to have a 300 tracks, you know? And, oh, no. and a thousand <laughs> uh, edits per minute. I mean, obviously, one of the things you're probably thinking is a classic
0: record didn't need that in the first place.
1: Yeah, and know? it's 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 tough to have those opinions and be strong about it because uh, you know people kind of say, oh, you know, that's you're being a luddite or get with the times or, or I record on Pro Tools, so what's wrong with that? My record sounds great, so why what are you why are you how I work? I think like, that's fine. <laughs> if it works for you, that's fine. Just yeah, for me, exactly. it doesn't work for me, and I. I, I just, if it did, I would do it because it's definitely easier. There's, yeah. there, nobody can argue that. It's definitely easier. Funny thing is, though, you know, I've you know, been in situations where, you know, I recorded an album on 8-track in a, with one engineer. We've done that a lot. When You go to a bigger studio and you record on 16-track or 24-track and you have an engineer, engineer's assistant, and you have a lounge and you have all those things. Yeah. And you're editing on Pro Tools, to whatever, you, all those things. All of a sudden, your recording takes twice as long to do, yeah. Because you're sitting around waiting all the time, and then you know. So when I when I designed my studio, you know, like you know, no one's allowed to surf the internet while you're in here. You have to be <laughs> part of it. There's no walking away. You know, the band, we're yeah. all here. You're yeah. all working. Like when we did Weather recorded albums in my studio, like, yeah, we're all part of every moment of it.
0: What about like cell phones for you? I mean, there's, yeah, you know, they'd be. I've no. I feel they really come to. Become distracting when I'm producing.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't own one, so yeah. <laughs> that it, it's a, it's yeah. You have to really get out of that mindset because yeah. there's nothing worse than when you're a band and you come back in, you recorded some, something in the tracking room, and you come back in, the rest of your band is all on a laptop or on cell phones, mm-hmm. and no right. one even noticed what you recorded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not you're not really working on something together. You're just yeah. sort of doing it piece by piece. I know, like you did a couple of records with Joe or Blackbird mm-hmm. in a
0: row, basically. I guess. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know that's a very big infrastructure kind yeah. of studio, and then you, at the same time, you're getting your place together. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, what what was the was some of the Blackbird experience interesting to you? Or were you able to control?
1: Yeah, Blackbird was incredible, and, and yeah. the idea was to try to do try to work in that realm. That I thought, what if I use that realm as, you know, that's my struggle. Like, how how can I get these tones in that realm yeah. with two engineers with 2 right. sixteen tracks you know all these right. things in, in a big place with you know they had the b- biggest microphone collection in the world right. all, all those things <laughs> I mean and the cost of making a record there was like in two days we'd, uh, we we had uh, out budgeted every one of our albums we'd ever made right. you know <laughs> <Without> <laughs> uh, you know our most expensive rate. album at that point had been five thousand dollars yeah and it, and you know we and that was our sixth album we were working on. Well, right. <laughs> so you know it was it was pretty it was pretty quickly a, a, a high budget thing but i I said let's let's i've never done all this let's try all this but i love blackbird i I love the environment it felt great but i I, it's very hard for me to work in that environment it's very hard for me to to create in the way that i create uh in that system because um it's just not constrictive enough it's not centralized enough it's it's hard to say, you know, it's hard to say. I, I guess I'm in one of those zones where, you know, I'm a, a performer, a songwriter and a producer. So I, I have, I'm looking at things from several different angles and it's, um, compared to the way I've always recorded, like in small places, uh, I just prefer that because it, I, I, for some reason it makes me more centered on what's happening. There's no distractions, yeah. not as many distractions.
0: You know it, it, one thing that Vance mentioned, um, was that when you guys met, he was kind of in the machine room area. Yeah. And you came out and you're like, who are you? Because, <laughs> you know, you know yeah. I, and I know that feeling, like you're the artist, you're working on things, and who are these people wandering around? Yeah. I mean, it's, did you feel
1: that kind of... It's cool. I liked, like I liked that idea. Does it, yeah. it feel like Abbey Road or something where mm-hmm. there's all this... And, and you know... I could swim in their microphone collection. It's just incredibly gorgeous. <laughs> the like, drawer after. Yeah. That's that's actually the first when me investor's he showed me all these mics and yeah. It was really incredible to, to have that kind of at your fingertips to be able to pull that stuff out. Definitely. Which is I mean to have think about that. I mean to have, you know, 25 different ribbon mics to choose from instead of 25 plugins yeah. is so <laughs> is so in, inspiring. To yeah. to figure out what those microphones can do and where they're best used, and some of them looked like incredible. Like they looked like, you know, like they were tanks, in World War II or something, oh, and yeah. and you'd want to figure out how to place them. And we were making decatries <laughs> out of things with Ciccarelli and um, right. out of microphones, and and seeing what we could do with them. Yeah, that's a resource you don't really have anywhere else. Yeah, well, that's why it's cool to to have that studio nearby. Cause I can always rent those mics from them. You know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> with your personal space, dance took
0: me there, and I've seen it. And yeah, you know, no photos. Don't mention where it is. Yeah, yeah. I totally understand. it. Yeah. You know, I'm with you on anything there. Yeah, but we can talk about that. You have a personal studio space. Yeah, yeah. Kind of the rough idea of it, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, it was it was to be able. It was just an empty structure that I could, yeah. You know, make it into whatever I want, and I, I, that's the scary thing at, at first because the temptation when you're spending money on building a place like that. People around you don't want you to take chances because it's scary, you know, because it might yeah. not work and you might have to redo it and it, it might be a big waste of money.
0: Yeah.
1: But to really get character in a room, you really have to take chances. So I said, screw it, I'm taking thousands of chances. Like, <laughs> let's just keep going. Like, it, yeah. it's so easy to make a dead room and yeah. add the reverb later. But to really make a room that scatters sound in a way that you just you just mess with the acoustics as much as possible and see what happens, because you can always fix that too. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You can just yeah. add to the c- construction and figure out what's what's wrong. But we took so many chances. The first <laughs> session I we had there was Keith Richards, and I just thought, right. like, fingers crossed. Like I, I have no idea what this is going to sound like. I, we're full band in that room. Right. It could have been horrible. And uh, yeah. but was, when we put, first played it back, I just thought, oh my god, wow. And Jack Lawrence, uh, you know, who plays bass with us on a lot of projects, and he he's, does a lot of work at other studios, too. He's just like, this studio has just spoiled me, and I can't listen to music in any other studios now. There's something different really? about this. And I was like, wow, that's the best compliment I could have ever gotten, because I really trust his uh, ear. And, he's been in a lot of places. Yeah, so, so and if, because I thought it felt that good to me, I was like, well, maybe because I'm just proud of designing mm-hmm. it. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, so he says the same thing, It so it feels, feels real.
0: I had a few thoughts about the, the room. I mean, one thing that really hit me at first is it kind of reminded me of the, you know, San Philip, I mean, uh, San Philip's old place. You know, yeah, the son yeah. original room, um, in a way, because it just, not even the history of that room, but just, you like, it's very, it's kind of fun, it's kind of simple. Yeah, and yeah. It's not, there's just you know, it doesn't have that vibe of like the studio, uh You know, things have been
1: controlled so much. Yeah, you know, a lot of uh, the things I just did did away with was worrying about outside noises like, you know, spring floors and truck noises and stuff like that. uh, Eliminate that from the construction because... I said, look, if, if, if a truck goes by and we would take, I think it should be there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, yeah. Back, I guess, I yeah, know. and you can see outside, which is, I wanted, yeah. to, which is, you don't, not too many studios have that option. Yeah. Th- this one, I, was, I had that option. I could do that. We could actually have windows and, and see outside. But, we you know, we double painted them and all that. But yeah. but uh, that's a nice thing that people have noted that uh, that's, that's a comforting thing to record it's it. A, but there's like, a, you know, and there's a lot yeah. of trickery we put into a lot of things in there, you uh, acoustically and a lot of ideas that, uh, I had, I'd, I'd always thought of and never seen in studios, you know, I, I don't want to go into too much detail about it, but, but, uh, yeah. but I do, I do think there's a lot of unique characteristics there that, uh, I, I've always wanted to put into it and I was lucky to be able to do it.
0: Well, it's just, you know, one thing in schools, I mean, obviously you've always
1: had kind of some color scheme ideas and mm, preferences
0: yeah. and, and to go into a place that has character, you know, there's colors, there's,
1: you know, yeah, I, yeah.
0: And Nance said you custom, uh milled some of the uh, diffuser boards
1: oh yeah everything, yeah. everything in that place is custom yeah yeah we did i did the upholstery myself with the guy i apprenticed from brian Maldon in detroit he came right. down and we, we did all the upholstery ourselves and uh so i did all the sewing and button making and cutting yeah. for for him and he upholstered so that was that was great because i just built my upholstery shop and uh, we just uh, yeah, yeah so we it was our first project was the studio mm-hmm. so um we uh we got all that you know, and then the other great thing was to finally you know you know, having been in studios for a decade to to finally get the equipment that I wanted, right. uh, and uh, it was really the, the the big thing was to have a two inch eight track was that what what I really wanted to get to because it just seemed like people talk about it but nobody has it and and by the time I was able to talk to Michael Beinhorn and get get this one that he had made, right. uh it just seemed like the perfect thing to do and and by the time it, we'd recorded it on I couldn't I just couldn't believe it I was like I, I really don't want to record on any other machine now I mean it's just it's just so explosively large and and huge
0: it it seems like along the way you've really learned about you know tape speeds track width the differences that yeah. make you know for
1: yourself yeah cuz here's the thing with me you know sometimes like me like and and, and, and say people like chicarelli you know like uh, we're 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 on, we're on different we we like live in different time zones, because I, I've always had to. I think what a lot of engineers don't understand about me, like as a producer, is that there's a lot of things that I don't want to know anything about. I I, I don't want to know how to. I don't want to get underneath and with a flashlight in my mouth and and fix a neve board. Mm-hmm. Not 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 out of not interest. I'm extremely interested in that. <laughs> But I I make sure to keep myself away because if I go down that route, you'll never see me again. I'll be yeah. in my or, you know garage fixing amps and yeah. I'll get so involved in the technical aspects of recording. I have to keep one foot in writing the music and performing yeah. it. So I think a lot of times engineers don't understand that with me. They'll, they'll start talking to me and it will get somewhere and they'll realize like, well, why don't? Oh, well, he's not, you know. Uh, like, he's not touching the faders when we mix. I was right. like, no, no, you do it. You know this board better than me. I'm gonna, you know, I just wanna tell you what I want. Yeah. But because if I get into the megahertz world, you, you never see me again. Yeah. Like, I, that's the thing. So I, it's hard to explain that to people because they kind of think like, oh no, you're just saying that that's your excuse for not wanting to know, like, man. I, I, yeah. I, I have to watch myself all the time. <laughs> it's, 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 the, it's the same reason I don't collect records. Yeah. You know, I, I have never collected records. I love making collectible records like making strange <laughs> one-off versions of what we do yeah. and making things that are unique. Definitely. But if I get into collecting records, then my songwriting starts to become very... It's very dangerous territory that I might start mimicking old, obscure records and recording music like that to try to make it sound like this and that, which I've right. never done on purpose. Right. So uh, it's the same attitude. So sometimes it's hard with some, some engineers... Are confused by that. They might not think, oh, you know, because they might think that you know, as a producer or, or as part as part of the engineering or mixing that that you're supposed to know all these numbers, you know, right. the six sixty yeah. fifty eight beta, well, all the you know whatever six forty six. You got to know all these numbers and that all that stuff. There's a whole world, you know, because. A lot of times, you know, you talk to, like, I talked to Jimmy Page about production. He says, Yeah, the, you know, the RCA limiter. He doesn't say a BA6A. He <laughs> says the RCA limiter. He's like, he, You're my kind of producer. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's like, You know, I, I like all that shit too, but uh, yeah. But uh, to me, it's a Fairchild. It's not a 690 or whatever it uh, is. Right. <laughs> uh,
0: well, one thing that Vance
1: mentioned is that you monitor real loud. He played me back mm, some yeah. stuff in the control
0: room, and it was, yeah. was that just to keep the excitement level and keep it feeling.
1: It's a, a yeah. I've always done that. I've I, I've had a lot of times where engineers leave while I listen. They don't want to <laughs> stay there. So it, there's a I just have to make sure that the tones are there and yeah. th- they are uh, to to listen at half volume. It's dangerous. Yeah, I get you can get the vocal level in the right spot by doing that, and we do that a lot. Yeah. But to really know what's there, it's like when you're plugging into a, a you know a Fender amplifier or something like you know at some it, I almost have to go too. Almost have to go too loud to really get that tone. Because now I know it's there, and yeah. it's, it, it's you know it's easier for me to do that in the white stripes. It's harder for me to do that in the ragged tours of dead weather. Because you know, like, hey man, like <laughs> you're getting way too loud, and it's not like a. Uh, but but to really feel that tone, and I'll push musicians to go louder into that tone too, mm-hmm. because it, it just you, that way you just know it exists. You can you can always pull it back or dull it down. Yeah. If it's not there to begin with, you got to make sure it's there to begin with. Play with it,
0: with uh, something especially like Wanda's record. Yeah, you got a lot of players, more players than probably Mm -hmm. many sessions you've done. Uh, And and playing it once, you have a lot of submixing going on. How involved do you get? The you know, go in and tell Vance, say like you must work on the balance of the
1: yeah. Well, we 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 have to do a lot of that when you when you're when you're splitting things down and you know when you when you make drums mono, which we did most of that album. The drums are mono, so. that's a scary decision to make, to, you know, how much of that kick drum is gonna go on that track. Right. And uh, it, it it becomes a taste thing. So, you know, I trust Vance's taste a lot too, but at the end of the day, as a producer, you have to, your taste is 90% of what you're doing, is taste, and so you, you have to get in and, and really just play, play me just that track and let me hear what's on there. Then you have to turn it up loud to really hear what, how, how much is coming yeah. through. And then, but that's the great part is taking that plunge and saying, all right, that's it. That's the drums. That's how they sound. And they're going mono and we can't fix it. I mean, the funniest thing was, you know, Vance had to, there was some video game that wanted the stems for a album. And the the drums were all mono on the Raconteur's first album. And uh, he told the guys that the drums are on one track. There's no stems for that. And he said, and the guy's just like, wait, I don't understand. What are you talking? They, didn't, they couldn't comprehend it. <laughs> it's like they're on one track. There's no, you can't yeah. do it. You can't separate it. And uh, it, it's so funny that uh, that just nobody does that anymore. Right. You know? <laughs> but see, now I have less to worry about. If I had 16 right. tracks of drums and it comes down to mix down, I mean, you must add another five days to mixing just right. getting the drums right. Right. I mean, once you've already made that decision... you." There's nothing you can do now. It's on there. You can't take it back, which is great. Now I don't have to worry about it. So
0: you had situations where you regretted a certain balance once you got to mixing or something? And-
1: not too many. Not too many. Uh, it, it's scary. It is scary every time. It's still just as scary now as it was 10 years ago to yeah. take those chances. But, yeah. it's, but I've had very few regrets as for how much is, is in there. I mean, the, the cool thing is that when you go back and listen to the music that you love, like go back to old Rolling Stones songs, that you can't find a bass drum to save your life. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> yeah. there somewhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so when you when you think about all those songs that you love and you can't even find those components, that you've always got that to make you feel a lot better about. Well, you know, it doesn't have to. You know, every song doesn't have to have this explosive component on every frequency. Nice. As long as the vibe there makes sense, you got you got a lot to play with. You've you
0: taken on producing or co-producing, say with Brendan, you know, certainly. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the records you're on, you've been producing the last number yeah. of years. Yeah. Have you thought of working with some other producer in the future, like like finding someone that just brings a thing to it and seeing what that would be like? I gotta,
1: it's gotta be the guy a guy who I can really trust on all those levels, and yeah. I I can't wait for that to really happen. Probably you know, Nigel Godrich, I, I could see that happening. I've worked mm-hmm. with him on some live performances, and I, and I like that. He likes to record the tape. And when I went back and listened to Playback with him, I really trusted him. And T-Bone yeah. and Burnett, I work with on Cold Mountain. I, I really yeah. trust him.
0: I was going to say, he's a That's awesome.
1: the only time I've been produced, really, was with T-Bone. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and uh, actually on the new Rome project of Brian Burton. Oh, he right, He produced right. that. So that's a, actually two times. Yeah. We did that here in Nashville, yeah, a long time ago. Though. The, the, the Cold, Cold Mountain, Mountain stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. How, how'd you like? I've interviewed T-Bone, too. It's mm.
1: really a, a warm... Yeah. cool person. You yeah, know? was that was that a fun experience? Of course. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, he he's got a a great head for for real music, yeah. and it's not it's not a gimmick. It's it's it, he wants something real, and he's always searching for it. And uh, he just did, he's doing this great review right now. My wife just he just invited my wife to go out and and, and play on these review shows with him, and oh, cool. that that's really incredible. That he he really can pick different artists and really find what's what's real about them, and put them all together. Yeah. So I, I love working on them. You know, you built your own yourself a place to work
0: out of. You worked in Blackbird, but you've also done records in locations that weren't really studios. Yeah, 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 What do you think are the different benefits and, and not benefits of, of moving that kind of thing around?
1: A lot of my fans, uh, they, their favorite record of mine I'm told is uh, the second White Strips album, Distill, which was recorded on half-inch shade track in my living room, mm-hmm. and I had not one good microphone in my <laughs> possession. It was all broken, fifty-eight, sure, you know, yeah. and, and pieces of junk. And, and uh, but I did that all myself. I, you know, I, I, I engineered it and and you know, produced it and recorded it all, all, and performed it all, all in that spot, and it was it was wild it it was a dangerous thing to think oh this is this can be very distracting to do this at home with some you know things going on like you can get torn away from it yeah because I do like going to the studio where it's paid for and you're you're there for a week or two weeks and you have to finish before it's over with I've always liked that so when you're at home it's dangerous like wow you could actually take a month and it's not gonna make any difference but to me that's like a travesty so I, I have to keep my head in the right place to do that so I guess when I built my own studio that's what I kept thinking of was I, people really like that record something came out by the idea of you know me doing it all that stuff myself instead of saying you know collaborating with an engineer yeah uh, so maybe more of that can happen uh, now that I have my own place I can get, get some of that vibe that happened in this record because I don't know what it was <laughs> that sounded so great to them you know yeah you never know. You're just kind of always searching for that because I don't know particularly about the tones on that record if, if they do sound better than other <laughs> records or not.
0: But it's just that the, the mysterious part would be like the vibe that was in that space. I
1: guess so. You? Yeah, yeah. And
0: how you felt when you were there. Like I, yeah, possibly?
1: I guess so. And I, hopefully that, got, that gets picked up in this new place. I think so because the Dead Weather records re- sound really vibey to me. Mm-hmm. I would say, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. there's something about uh, when you get too big in a studio. You you know, sometimes musicians start, start feeling like they're in an a- airplane hangar or something, and they're 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 not. The, the coziness really pushes people together. Like you're all in a yeah. room or around a campfire or something, and you, you, it's different. It's different than being. You know, I've, I've recorded in both, and then I, I always prefer the smaller rooms. We were just talking yeah. about that the other day. I did, I did an interview with the BBC about. Uh, uh, Elephant, you know, like some of those songs on the White Strips album, Elephant. That Ball and Biscuit just is a, it's a huge sounding song, yeah. and that that studio is as big as this room, smaller than smaller the, than my studio. Yeah, it, yeah, it's <laughs> just, uh, it, and it's, but it just goes to show what you what can be done with with a limited space because you can make it sound gigantic yeah. and still have that connection with the musicians.
0: Was was working at, at Toad kind of. A- a little revelation of sorts for yeah, you guys it yeah. seemed like there was sort of a transition for you all to, to start working with Liam and just be like hey this process this this place, limitations are cool it was well
1: it was definitely the studio that everybody from our scene all the garage rockers uh, yeah. at that time that was the studio that we always dreamed of recording at, and I don't mean at Torag, like it was yeah. Mecca. I mean that yeah. kind of studio. You just don't see that kind of studio anywhere else. <laughs> I still haven't yeah. seen another one like his. No. Uh, I mean, you've seen <laughs> pictures of old studios that look like that and feel like that, right. but uh, not not like his. And um, that was that was just mind blowing when we were in there. And the, the the great thing about it is, you know, I remember we were. He was a big Abbey Road fan. He has one of the Red fourteen. Uh, desks yeah. he got a hold of one of those four and uh he uh I, we thought at the time because we we got done so fast we recorded the album in like 10 or 12 days we thought well maybe as a nice present to him we'll go mix the record at abbey road and because he's never been there right. and he's like and he, he's excited about that but he says you know what i think we should just mix it here first and see uh, i think we can do it here I said okay, whatever you want, and uh, so we did it there. We did that and the whole album plus B sides. We did. I remember we did eighteen songs in one day. Like, yeah, that was it. That was it. The record was onto quarter inch, and that was that was it. You know? yeah.
0: <laughs> You never went to Abbey Road to. No, to never. I still
1: have never there. been there. No.
0: Oh really? Yeah. It's it's amazing piece of history. Obviously. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to go. I got like a real nice tour one time. And oh really? I was just or the guy that ran the tech shop this guy Lester, and he took us through every room and oh, nice. to meet everybody and really look around, and they were set up for an orchestral date, and, you know, so all these seats and mics, you're just yeah. in that huge room.
1: I'd love to build uh, something like that failed reverb system they built. Oh, the the ambiphonic? Yeah, reverb, I'd love but... to build something like that.
0: Uh, I noticed I... you had a speaker... Or an amp or something up above yeah, we or,
1: yeah we can reamp yeah, up there and, and send yeah. signals up there and bounce them around. and yeah. uh, it's it's uh it would be nice to to maybe not in the studio or maybe out in another garage or something uh, to build a a, a a chamber like that or a construct a reverb chamber in that fashion. Right. Maybe have a, a reverb chamber that also has if you can get a room without rounded walls, you can do that speaker system idea and make some. I think there's there's something to that that could be done. Maybe they didn't. It didn't work at Abbey Road, but maybe it could work to in make a different sense. way. They were trying to
0: pipe sound back in and make it feel even bigger. They were trying to, like, yeah, to delay the, the
1: of... signal just barely right. uh, uh, as it went around, so it, it sort of. All right. I think they were doing a little slight delay somehow, but I don't know how they were doing that. Let's go back and read again. about it. it could, yeah, it could have been great.
0: Now, what do you think about? You're just thinking you would put a chamber possibly on there? In your property or something? Or?
1: Well, I got mad at myself because there was a, a gas tank on uh, by next to the studio. There was a, like a 200-gallon gas tank right. that somebody had – uh, that I just got rid of and junked. Right. And I thought, oh, man, you know what? I should have buried that and put a mic and a speaker in there <laughs> underground, and uh, that could have yeah. been something interesting. So maybe I'll go find one in a junkyard or something and try that idea out. It would be nice to –
0: jack miller a while back who worked with lee hazelwood and, oh, yeah. and all the Dwayne Eddy records and stuff and oh. he's that's the you know that story about the the tank reverb like the no the, the down in the arizona they went around looking in the yards you know banging on uh, oh. these metal tanks and they uh. found one and then they put it out back of the studio and put a mic and speaker oh inside of it but okay. they had to find the one that you know they're shouting into the
1: Oh wow! Great. That's great. <laughs> yeah,
0: you should look that up. It's a real, yeah. cool, you know, because those are real distinctive sounding records. Uh, I want
1: to see the Les Paul uh, reverb chambers and Capitol too.
0: Right.
1: That, that's that's ones I'd really like to check out.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, that's the great cool. thing, that, the best thing about my studio is Jack Lawrence, the bass player. He bought me a radio FM transmitter, so now I do a lot of mixes in my car by walkie-talkie with oh, Vance, cool. so I can tell him exactly <laughs> how it's uh, how it sounds in the car yeah. uh, over FM. And it's it's astoundingly. An accurate way of mixing. You
0: really hear what it's how it's Yeah. Class, it's and
1: it's a great way to mix because it's sort of I'm detached but I'm right there with him and we're listening together in two different ways. And I right. just like, like hey the bass I was just in the studio and the bass sounded great there, but in the car it's too much, man. Yeah. Like well, we have to take it back, you know. That's it good. saves a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Because when we first uh when we first opened the first Dead Weather record, you know, was done with no flying faders. It was we just mixed that by hand, and some songs like "Treat me Like Your Mother" was so complex on eight tracks we had so many different things that were split it was impossible to mix that record so we I, that song got mixed thirteen times it was because it just it was so difficult we'd come yeah. so close then we'd forget to do something Do you ever wish yeah. you could just have a sixteen track for one song
0: <laughs> well,
1: you know if you can if if you you can do it and uh but again like, when you when you go into that world sometimes yeah. it's it makes sense like uh, but sometimes it's like it takes away from the the beauty of it. I always try to like reel it back in. Yeah. you know and see so, you know like we did the was just albums, we did on double 16 track. Right. So we get wider headspace and and try to get a thicker sound uh but it was also hard because you know you'd make a slave and uh See, I wanted the Slave to be mono or, or Tracking. Chicarelli wanted the Slave to be, have six tracks or, or something right. uh, on it. And so I wanted to, so we had to keep erasing stuff from the, the Slave mix to get bigger and bigger. And, but it was hard. It was hard to because when, when you jump over, it's almost like you're in between worlds. You're not in the yeah. constricted world and you're not in the do whatever you want, have as many tracks as you want yeah. world. You're, you're in this in-between yeah. zone. So it's sort of like, well, I would like to put another uh, second guitar on there. That, well, there's no tracks left. Right. But we have two sixteen tracks. How could there be no tracks left? Like <laughs> that kind of thing, where yeah, gonna... it's it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know? yeah, yeah. You know? So it's it's a it, <laughs> it was an interesting experiment too.
0: Yeah. Um, with uh, with artists that you produced, especially like say Wanda or Loretta Lynn, mm-hmm. have you had a, a talk beforehand and say these are these are restrictions or constraints that we're working within, and understand that we're not you know we're not on like a 48 track system. You know a lot
1: of the artists from the older days don't care at all. So they they passed anyway. Well, they don't know, they don't know uh, anything about it. You know what I mean? Right. I don't think that Wanda and Loretta uh, uh, have ever cared about how many tracks were on their song or anything like that. Right. So they didn't ever mention anything to me about <laughs> caring. So uh, I think they just put. you know they they've always put themselves in hands of you know, nice, great people like Owen Bradley and stuff that could really, you know, handle the job. And, you know, Wanda was recording at Capitol too. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, I've never noticed them having any preference for stuff, even for microphones, which is really, really inspiring too, to, to, to not care. But then that's how you can also notice that a lot of artists as, as they get on in years and they've recorded a lot of records, you know, that, that's where they, they can fall victim to technology and digital technology nowadays, yeah. because back when everything was analog and, and mechanical, um, you could go in and do a great performance, and it'd be harder to mess up back then, yeah you know, but yeah. now it's a lot easier to make it sound plastic. Yeah. You know. yeah. this generation of people have to start finding their favorite ribbon mics and things for when they get older because it's going to get worse and worse, I think yeah. <laughs> you know like, uh, so. to really know uh, well, hey, even though you're recording on Pro Tools, I know I can sing in this RCA mic and we'll get some kind of soulfulness. Yeah. onto a track uh, from the get-go or yeah. whatever, you know, I mean, everyone's yeah. got to find their own thing now. You
0: know? with, with Wanda's record, there's really, uh, the track, Vance, playing a couple things real quick and there's yeah. some real distinct vocal sounds. Like, yeah, you know, in yeah. Fact, there's tape delay on the full tone.
1: Oh, yeah, and then, yeah.
0: And, and and sort of, sometimes they're very focused in frequency range. Uh-huh.
1: We even did uh, uh, fading the band to, to tape, you <laughs> know, fading, master fading the whole band to tape and, <laughs> And recording Wanda at different speeds, and yeah. uh, you know, uh, a couple songs we did. You know where she said, like she got there, then we'd already recorded the band, and right. uh, she said, "Well, this is not in my range." I told you, it has to be in this key. Uh-huh. I said, "Well, I thought you said D sharp or something." <laughs> yeah, and then uh, so we had to figure out a way to do it where it was in her key. Did you you vary know, speed? Yeah, we were like, various speeding. Oh. But I love, I love various speeding. I, I. I Use it all the time. It's an incredible, uh, incredible little tool to have. Yeah. It, you know, it's like mechanical things. When when you have mechanical tools at your fingertips, so much can be done with like a full tone echo. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just so different to 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 <laughs> use that pe- that fader yeah. than t- typing it into a keypad. There's just something about it. You're you're a ship commander. You're a submarine pilot. Yeah. You know, at that point, and you really are involved in the mix instead of saying, well somebody somewhere programmed this program and they knew what they were doing yeah. and I'll just trust those guys uh and I'll put I'll type in this number. It comes yeah. through it in the track. I think it comes through in the track what well, when you when you have real moving parts. You know, you can hear those little squeaks and whistles and, and things they're barely audible, yeah. but they're all there. They're all combining to, to add to that vibe of the
0: of the track. This like quirkiness or randomness.
1: Yeah. I mean uh, I th- I think also human nature we want to see things moving we don't I think we don't like we we like a turntable movie when the CD player Mm -hmm. came out and you couldn't see the disc (laughs) moving anymore it was always like okay I guess it's working and and, but it's like looking at a fire looking at a fire a campfire why do we stare at fire I think we I think we like to watch things working you know I can look over at that amp I see those tubes are lit up I know it's (laughs) working you know and that that turntable platter will start moving you know when And also a needle in a groove, too. I mean, it's mechanical. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not invisible. It's really happening. Robert Altman said that to me, too. We were, we were talking about film one time. I was lucky enough to talk to Altman before he passed away, and he, you know, he said, I don't, I don't like videotape because I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on with those molecules. I'm, I'm assuming it's there. With film, it, they're, they're, I know they're small photographs, each frame is a small photograph, and that makes sense to my brain. As I got, like, I feel the exact same way, you know. It's it's, uh, it's tape compared to digital, even though tape is you know moving molecules and all that. But at least yeah. I see the mechanics of that machine moving, and I understand what happens if I slice that tape at that different <laughs> point. What's going to occur? You see you it, you know? see it go by. So
0: yeah, you know, yeah. I, mean, I, I remember when ADATS came out. I was like putting my studio together in the middle of the ADAT craze. Yeah, and I bought a sixteen-track two-inch because i yeah. didn't like
1: the idea that you put them in there and sometimes they got eaten yeah that seems scary, weird scary you know,
0: scary you know it makes more sense to use yeah. a computer and do that
1: it's, it's crazy how accepted did. adat and dat were and how scary they are <laughs> now yeah. that you don't want to go near them and and uh at the yeah. end of the day the formats that really are going to last are vinyl and, and analog tape yeah. for 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 a, a long period of time i mean you can you, you can have a, a tape if, at the right conditions if It'll last 100 years and uh but the stuff that is on pro tools good luck 20 years from now well, what are you yeah. going to do you have to find the same computer and no, a lot I'm of times gonna... that stuff you just pull out a hard drive and put it plug it in it's like it's gone yeah, it it's not matter. there and that's scary man <laughs> there's a lot of people trusting yeah. that format right now the people who trusted dat and DAT right now don't trust it but the people who are trusting the computer hard drive information it's scary, man, because you don't know if it's going to be there 20 years from now. At least tape and vinyl, I know they're going to be there, you know. I, mean, I just put in one of a, a old flyer that the Waste Stripes did like 10 years ago. It was just on a CD. It was yeah. one picture of a flyer. Yeah. It was done in Photoshop. It put it in the community. It was like, not coming up, not coming up. And half an hour later, it popped up. It was like, wow, what if that was something really important? I and mean, All that was was a, a yeah. CD of, a, an image. of an image. You know? I mean, I can't imagine that was your... Your master tape. <laughs>
0: terrifying. Yeah. Um, I know you have the, the vault.
1: Over yeah. Here
0: and uh, have you made you. Uh, it seems you made a concerted effort to keep all your master tapes in your hands. And yeah. Locate yeah. anything if you thought it was missing.
1: Yeah, we you know we've done a lot. We have custom reels now, custom boxes this- for the day, and we and we have a temperature control, humidity control, the uh, yeah. vault now, and keep all that in there. It's a lot better than my closet. That's where it was for a long time. <laughs> so. Uh, that's nice to be able to have that here, especially right here, because we're always, you know, sending for a tape to come back from, uh, you know, right. some other thing we're doing. It's a, it's a, it's good and, to have that on site. But going back to the Wanda record, doing, having even up to twelve people, I think, playing
0: sometimes. Yeah, in, yeah. In that room. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's know? wild. And you and were we you, were you getting as far as tapes? You know, thinking yeah. about that. I mean, were you were you getting pretty close, and then having little clams here and there that you had to sort of.
1: There was uh not too many. There was um uh really surprisingly really cool separation. And by cool separation I mean the bleed over that was happening uh was good bleed over. Yeah. It wasn't bad or it wasn't uh it wasn't too much of uh you know phase issues or anything like that either. It was it was really strong. And it also it wasn't like uh to the point where you know I like that idea where you, God, where are we going to put this uh, steel guitar amp? There's no place to put it. If we put it here, it's going to get on the drum. I like those problems. (laughs) Those are good problems to have. Those are the ones you want as a producer, as an engineer, as a a performer, because you figure out how to make it work. If you're in a studio where, oh, just put it in an amp closet, we're done. Then your problems become something like, I don't know, something uh, sort of... Ridiculous. You, you start worrying about something else. But when those become yeah. your problems, those take up your energy. And, and it's a, again, it's a mechanical problem. And you're hands-on trying to fix it. And then for some reason, that adds to the character of everything. Yeah.
0: There's a real... It's, it's interesting to me that you're living in this town. Yeah. Because there's a very rote... For a lot of the music down here, it's a very rote process. It's mm-hmm. a very 9-to-5 yeah. environment, which is bizarre to me. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you're coming in doing, working in your, certainly in your own way. Yeah. It, has that been interesting if people had had like a funny reaction to that? It's the perfect
1: place for me. I mean, I feel comfortable because a, a lot of other towns, I think w- what I'm doing here, I don't think I could probably get away with. Uh, I think uh, because of the music industry in the town, I'm sort of like sneaking by on the side <laughs> and and uh, and being able to do exactly what I need. I mean, the environment, I need the environment to be able to create. I couldn't do that in Detroit anymore. It just, it wasn't a... Productive, positive environment for me, yeah. uh, from my community around me. But this uh, feels perfect.
0: One of the things Vance said was um, that there's no DAWs allowed in the studio. No okay. dogs. No, no. <laughs> dogs are fun. <laughs> uh, DAW, d- uh, digital audio workstations. Or oh,
1: profiles. I don't even know what that is. Oh, yeah, digital. Yeah. Oh, you know, digital, digital audio.
0: Computer setup or some. Sort. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Um, do
0: you ever have to? The situations where you need to back stuff up, or you know,
1: there's been a couple moments where we had to we had to do something, and we'll we have to bring all of Vance's stuff over and <laughs> set down. it up. But um, it's also uh, I, I'm a firm believer that people always say, "Oh, well, if you just have it there, you won't use it." You know, right? no, it'll get used. You know, it, yeah, if, yeah. if you have it there, that you'll use it. It's it's um, so. It's just good to not have it there yeah. <laughs> because... Uh, we can just
0: fix it with... <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, we got into that a lot when I was doing this stuff with uh, at Blackbird because we were recording a tape but backing it up on Pro Tools. And so when you made a mistake, now all of a sudden we were in a realm where, oh, we can just fix it in Pro Tools uh, and, and, and record it back to tape. Right. So you're sort of like, well, we're almost just recording in Pro Tools. We're living in that world. Yeah. And it was a dangerous thing. And that's where we kind of got into a lot of stuff where I always keep trying to reel it back in and, mm-hmm. and stay, not really get involved in that world. But I knew in the back of my head, I had that to fall back on. Right. So I don't like that. I, I like not having anything to fall back on, like no safety net. It, it's a lot better. I'm like, wow, it's scary. Uh, it, it's scary to me to yeah. have the to, to have that ability to fix it yeah it, it's, it's strange well,
0: but I mean, you think, know. speaking of scared i mean being scared in a good way i mean it seems like when you put the constraints on and you make things harder to fix that you're going to up the level of your playing or the, the yep. seriousness of a take
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know and a, a lot of people when we were at the thing this weekend a great kennedy and a lot of people were there and one thing that would come up is people would be like god i just want i want people to be focused and serious when we say
1: Rolling, you know. Yeah, but people aren't now. They aren't because they're so used to you can fix it later that yeah. that's that's it's really affecting musicianship. And that's where that's where my viewpoints become really a lot stronger, is that, you know, when James Brown came to the studio, those guys were rehearsed and they were ready to go because, yeah. <laughs> you know, this was the only chance you had to record and that yeah. you just did it right and you came prepared. Now everyone's like not really prepared at all and putting a lot of stress on the engineers to fix What's wrong? Yeah. And then the album takes six times as long to make because those guys are in there with a mouse clicking away for weeks fixing everything, yeah. especially all that plastic pop music. Yeah, and uh, it just seems like it's just a bunch of bullhockey, man. Like uh, it, when things could be a lot simpler if people just came in, because it's affecting people to, to, to have talent. At an instrument <laughs> right, right. you know it really is because like oh we can do that later or i can just you know i instead of learning how to play guitar solo really from the heart i can sit in my room and work on it in pro tools for weeks and use different plugins to get different tones and it's not yeah. well you're not that character should come from your fingers not from some plugin it yeah. should come from you mm-hmm. not not from somebody fixing it for you all that yeah. you know come too reliable on on the on the on the band-aids you know
0: I thought I thought the It Might Get Loud was a real, a real interesting view into that from mm. all three of you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very different ways of working in some respects. Yeah, yeah. Yet, it all kind of came down to the player
1: yeah. and the vision
0: and the ideas.
1: Well, because you can see that Edge, uh, no matter how much of the the technology he's involved in, he still knows that it's it's about being able to write and having it come from a pure place to begin with. Yeah, yeah be, you know, I've, I've manipulated my guitar signal or, uh, yeah. <clears throat> and, and recording many times, yeah. <clears throat> but the, the original emotion of it has to come from someplace real, an acoustic guitar, or even a piano, or me mimicking a piano sound, or or something real first. Right uh i'm not again i'm not saying it can't be done yeah. uh, you know, but oh, yeah. but for me and and for a while there's a lot of problems nowadays because you go out and ask on the street what do you think about modern music a lot of people will tell you like it's very uninteresting or it fatigues me or <laughs> all these things that, yeah uh and there's nobody out there writing songs there's no there's no michael jackson's even uh yeah. there, there's just a lot of not that much happening but uh if, you know that's why uh, this place here too about reeling it back in and making it a physical product and and, ha- and being yeah. involved everyone's involved here we're involved you know we take the photos here for the cover we, right. we record it here with the United pressing plant is three blocks away <laughs> we're, we're right. all part of this together yeah. it's not standoffish. it's not oh take it to, and fix it for us and we'll see you next month
0: it, it's the thing that I noticed that when coming by here going by your studio coming by here um there's a sense of fun. I mean, even in the business of it, you oh, know, there's yeah, offices yeah, out here. Yeah. There's people that are certainly, you know, working an eight hour day or mm-hmm. more. <laughs> yeah. To just work on a record label, but it yeah. feels very fun and very enthusiastic, which you wouldn't see, you know, you see, uh, to, you know, yeah. Or uh,
1: yeah. Like. I've often like, sometimes <laughs> I think everyone here forgets. Sometimes I think we should do a tour of a, a, a label that has tan cubicles and, uh, <laughs> you know, and sit in uh, a, yeah. You uh, have to turn in some reports all the time or something but uh but it is very creative I want everyone here to be as creative as possible and, and come up with things uh, on their own and yeah. to really design the the place which well, I was fortunate enough to do here that to design the exactly how it's laid out and how people are related to each other in here uh, has helped the whole thing because it's great to i I like the idea that when these guys are walking in to go talk to somebody in a conference call to do some marketing thing they're walking past. Two kids who are folding forty fives. Yeah, that's a real thing. They can see from their <laughs> eyes. This is what this is what we're doing here. Yeah, it's not somebody somewhere else doing that, and we see a JPEG of it. Right, uh, right. It's happening. No, this the, the records are being folded here. You know, <laughs> so that that changes your whole attitude when you're working on. You're very involved. You're very, you're close yeah. to it. These are all these records are these people's babies. You know, everyone's involved in it. With
0: with a lot of the singles you're doing here, you're you're the producer. What. What's your role? I mean, these are one-off singles that artists that yeah. the labels decided they're interested in. Mm-hmm. They come down. Are they mostly been at this point mostly been recorded at your your space? Yeah, I think all
1: of them. Yeah, and, uh, it's it's a blending of the modern ideas and and the the, the ideas of recording and produ- production that I think are relevant and soulful. Mm-hmm. It's you know people a lot of artists now are it's about singles and about c- quick things mm-hmm. uh, on the internet or iTunes. So look, we can still have that, but have it also be real. If you come in, like a Laura Marling can come in and we can record one or two tracks, yeah. I can work with her. It's not a full album. It's not a six-month project. It's a one-day project, and it's instantaneous. We can have that music out very quickly and have it on a vinyl within four weeks it can be yeah. put out. Um, we've put out so many records lately. It's becoming... <laughs> it's becoming. They're coming out a lot later than I want them to right. But uh, because there's so much activity here. But the great thing is that... Um, we, we can do things very fast, you know, and I like that. I think that goes along with the modern attention span and the modern uh, thing. The only thing that's not added up yet is the hype the, of the press and the media. They're in a different time schedule than music technology and, and, and musicians and songwriting. So... In the next few years, I think we're going to see it all starting to finally really blend together. But it's really confusing right. right now. But the only well, thing I want to know is how it's perceived in the press. Well, it's like, you what? know, we can come out with, uh, you know, we came come out with the Rack and Tours album. We didn't even tell anybody we made it. And we said the album's right. coming out in <laughs> two weeks. And uh, we just said, right. here it is. Uh, right. But because, you know, everyone's saying, like, well, our attention spans are fast. Everyone wants things fast. And people are on to the next thing very quickly. They've clicked off you and they're on to the next thing. Yeah. All right. Well, here it is. It's really fast. But. Forgetting magazines have three-month lead times and newspapers and all that, you know, you you can't do an interview and have it be out next week a lot of the time. It has to, you need a lot of lead time and photographs and videos and all that stuff has to be, the hype machine is still very much in place as it always has been. And that's a long period of time. So, you know, but the kids are getting a song and they're passing it to one another very quickly instantaneously people are getting yeah. albums before they're out yeah <laughs> before they're out and and all that so yeah. uh, at some point it's all going to blend together you
0: know what, what's your role specifically if you, if you have an artist come into town they're doing the one day single session or yeah. you're down there watching everything and kind of guiding it as a classic producer i assume
1: yeah i mean uh, a lot of them are people that i wanted to work with or they've asked to work yeah. with me and 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 the idea is that well, he, he, this is what we should do. We should do a, a blue series single. The blue series is a, 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 an idea that pe- are people passing through Nashville mm-hmm. on tour, and uh, I work with them yeah. when they're here after their sound check is done or the day if they have a day off. Yeah. Sometimes we'll call them ahead of time. Like, are you coming to Nashville in yeah. next month? Because maybe you should put a day off yeah. that day if you want. If we maybe we can do something. And even cooler is the live records venue right. we have here. I don't know if Vance showed you the. Uh, a- a- track, Air track, track booth, a yeah, that's yeah. great. I mean, I think this is the only place on earth where you can record in front of an audience to tape. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any other place you can do that. Uh, Unless you're
0: a truck and tape. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh
1: and then that album comes out on vinyl a few weeks later. So that that's pr- pretty compelling. Yeah. And we get a lot of artists. You know, sometimes they're artists I don't know that much about, and they're coming in here and we're making their live record and advances mixing it, and uh it's. Really strong. It's really strong. The, the vibe we're getting. We got one inch Otari up there. Yeah, uh, eight track, and uh that thing sounds huge. And uh this room sounds really good. We got lucky on this one too. So yeah, it's an old like uh,
0: film stage or, or a video stage or something back there, isn't it? The, they that psych like,
1: wall, yeah, yeah. They do like a, yeah. like industrial videos. They were filming back there. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what's your involvement on, on the live records? Just kind of more executive producer come
1: yeah I mean yeah. uh it, it is like that, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's sort of piecing the whole thing together and, and figuring out how, how it's going to work, and you know yeah. we, we we got a lot of constrictions too, like a, you know less than forty five minutes, so we can put yeah. it on one record uh, and then we, we record the eight tracks, so we just make sure that you know Vance makes sure that they they they're told you know he has to tell them announce to them i'm I'm switching reels in the middle of yeah. the set yeah uh. Which is a great thing, too. The audience hears that. And they know this is really happening. <laughs> awesome, you know, they, 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 they realize a real has to be changed. And, uh, yeah. Which is it's great for the audience to hear those words because it's. Uh, well, the new thing I want to do is get the recording lights uh, up there. On the oh, studio yeah. So they really see it turn oh on and God. start. And, uh, so that's, that's coming pretty soon.
0: That's a neat idea. Yeah. You, when, you're, uh, when you're touring with any of the bands, are you doing uh, live recordings of all the shows?
1: Yeah, I've been yeah. recording uh, every live show I've been a part of for the last like six, seven years. Yeah, I have that all done uh, on a twenty-four track. Wow. Uh, uh, what do I call it? Is it Radar or something else? Not I me. Mean, it's not Radar. I don't know, but it's twenty-four yeah. track, uh, and I, so I have a a huge it's plethora of live.
0: Pretty prohibitive to roll a tape deck around after you. Yeah, very show. expensive. Very expensive. <laughs> and a lot
1: of reels. Yeah, it's hard enough to get a, uh, the twenty-four track to work at a live venue. Right. But things are so manic. Oh, a lot right. of times the engineer just like, there's been shows where like, I, I'm sorry, man, I didn't have time to set it up and yeah. all that. So yeah. that that can happen. <clears throat> but um, I can't imagine a tape machine everywhere we <laughs> went. But uh, that's good. To have. You know, we yeah. have this vault subscription service now here at right. the label where you know you, you, people get a 12-inch record, a 7-inch record and something else, DVD or something else every quarter. Yeah. So there's a lot of records that we could put out it's kind of fun. From our from the history of third men in the last you know, six seven years, just a live stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you, how do you budget your time? There's a lot yeah. to do. It's just you know I'm out, I'm off the road right now for a while, so that that's that's been helpful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think you just make it happen. I mean, I like when there's a lot of things on the plate because it, it inspires me to 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 complete tasks. You know, uh, idle time and free time are like uh, sort of destructive. They make you sort of. Lead yourself to sort of resting on your laurels and arriving somewhere, like yeah. oh, I've made it, uh, so I can not do anything for six months. I've never felt that <laughs> that's a good place to be. You know, uh, doesn't look like you have. <laughs> well, I just, I, yeah, I want, I want to keep moving forward because it's it's death to sort of sit still and, and, and let that stuff sort of then then you start it affects the creativity. Yeah, I think.
0: Do you, do you budget time for just writing? the
1: right music no I think the, I you think, think everything kind of... I, I'm a believer that everything finds it yeah. time for itself it, uh, every if something needs to happen needs to exist it, it will make itself happen <laughs> you know and sometimes yes you'll find yourself up at four o'clock in the morning making it happen yeah but it's because you know that you're not in control of it you know the music or the the video or whatever it is that's being created is in control
0: yeah
1: when you when you relinquish control to the to the, uh, to the piece of art, the, the, that that's when you're in a good place. That's what I'm always trying to do is set the whole situation up and then, you know, you let God into the room and then let the thing take, let let the piece of art take control and then you're just a servant to it. Yeah. And that, that's what, great. And it's, building like this building, building the studio have facilitated that. Right.
0: Do you... As far I assume there's some instruments in your house somewhere, you know, so you can go and grab a guitar when you...
1: Yeah, uh, always, yeah.
0: Do you have a way to um, record ideas? You know, it's always funny, we build Mm. ourselves studios and then we end up kind of getting away from the studio.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, uh, I used to have a little two-track, a little Sony two-track quarter-inch reel-to-reel that I I recorded a lot of ideas on. Um, But now I just try to remember them. You know, yeah. it's good. It's it's mm-hmm. also another I- good idea for me to to not ha- uh, have a recorder around because then I'll, I'll I'll play it many times and force myself to remember it. Right. So then it's really stuck in my head, and then I'll as I'm walking on the rest of the day, I've got that in my head, and then it doesn't go away. <laughs> but there are times. I mean, I woke up this morning. I, I woke up this morning with a song that was for the White Stripes. I just knew it. I just woke <laughs> up and I thought, oh wow, and I was trying to remember the chords, but I was too busy. I, I couldn't. It would have been great to, at that moment to have a recorder to, to, to hum that uh, quickly uh, before I forgot it. Because, you know, when you wake up from a dream, 10 minutes later, you can't remember the dream. Oh, yeah. So it was like that. I was forcing myself to remember these chords. And uh, I, I think I remembered about half of it. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's,
0: that's, yeah. One of my favorite melodies I ever had was like in the sh- or just standing there. And yeah. I'd heard another song and then something... Permutated, and then all of a sudden I had this change yeah. You know, and I had to just keep remembering. <laughs>
1: um,
0: you've had a number um, relationships, you know, with uh, with Meg, and uh, with your wife have been yeah. also brought into the musical room, into the studio. Yeah. And uh, you know, like say, especially producing your wife's album, mm. is
1: there is there conflict at times? Is there? I mean, not between mm. each other, but but between your roles. You yeah. Know? Well, again, I, I, I take it as a challenge, uh, whoever you're working with, to try to figure out what what you can do to facilitate what they're trying to do uh, to help that song exist and, and help it get on tape. And be, even, you know, I've worked with, you know, like my wife or, and my best friends and and yeah. and people I admire who I've never met before and they're all, each each one of them starts to go into the exact same zone. You, you get into a, a room where we're, you know, the door's closed and now we're working together yeah. and whatever happens outside that door is something else, it's some other realm, we're in this realm now. And it, it's, it, you know, it it's up to the other person in my mind, it's up to the other person to, to put away anything else because right. I'm putting it away. Like I'm not thinking right. of, like when I'm working with Wanda Jackson, like, yeah, when the tape stops and we walk outside to take a break, like I'm a Wanda Jackson fan. I'm, I'm this I can't believe Wanda Jackson standing next to me. But when the doors close and we're in there working, that's a singer and I'm a producer and and I'm putting the microphone in front of the singer and we're trying to get a vocal tone now. So all that has to go away. You have to put all that away or you can't get anywhere. You know, you, you if you don't then it would just fail, just fall apart. So it's up to the other person too. It almost—it's almost worth a talk at the beginning, but I—I'm I I, a little scared to do that to, with people to, to make them uh, uh, to put them on edge or to, yeah. to like I'm forcing them into some box or something. I mean, it's up to them to, to join to join in that world or not. Makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. If you had a choice, a chance to record anybody <laughs> living or, or not with mm-hmm. us anymore. Could you have like one artist that would just be like this ideal person to get to re- produce yeah country. captain
1: beefheart for for don van vliet for right. sure who is still alive right. but uh, uh he's just an incredible genius he's he's sort of like the white holland wolf he he didn't he didn't he he was avant-garde i mean incredibly avant-garde in, in an unpretentious way in my opinion like he, he isn't, uh, there's a lot of music that can become arty like that and it becomes pretentious but his music to me isn't pretentious yeah. and it's a very narrow place to be and it's very hard to get in that zone and he, he was just brilliant at that and uh, I always sometimes feel bad for him that he had to go through the 80s and record in that time period yeah. and I wish I wish we <laughs> I, I don't like those tones I like the tones on the 70s records right. I, I wish that you know, we could still do records right now with him, uh, because he's such a genius, and and he and he's still alive. And and uh, even if he, even if he could sit in a room and and tell other people what to do, because right. he also was a producer too. He didn't write that on the records, but he also, of course, produced his music. And uh,
0: the stories of how you would tell like John French and the guys how to, yeah you know you play this and you play exactly this, yeah John would kind of work it out more yeah. More. yeah.
1: Because at some point, you know those, the, that, those, you know, we, we come up with those words to make it so we understand them. But you know, yeah. every every writer is also an, an author. You're a producer. You're a director. You're creating, and, and you're all those words. You're an arranger, a composer. You're all those words, and, and uh, he's a great example of that. Well, I think we're good. Yeah, yeah. man. You
0: feel good I feel great. I know. Yeah, I'm glad oh. we got to talk to you. Well, it's true that we love one another. I love Jack White like a little brother. Thanks for listening. Find us online at tapebop.com, well, Facebook, Twitter, too. and Instagram. Until next so time.
1: I don't know about you money to pay my bill. All the dough I give you, Holly, you've been using on pain pills.
0: Jack, will you call me if you're able? I got your
1: phone number written in the back of my Bible
0: Jack, I think you're pulling my leg and I think maybe I better ask Meg. Meg, do you think Jack really loves me? You know I don't care cause Jack really bugs me Why don't you ask